The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, thanks for those WhatsApp voice notes that you've been sending through to the show. Uh, we're now getting into our municipal watch feature and we're looking at uh, the findings of the Auditor General report. And at least uh, this is the latest um, uh, report by the Auditor General that was taking a look at uh, the state of municipalities, the MFMA 2020 and 2021 um, report. And unfortunately, the picture that has uh, been painted there is one of regression, at least in as far as the financial health and financial management of municipalities is concerned. Maluleka is saying that the fourth administration left municipalities in a worse position than when it took office. Gloria Sefago Musi reports for us. It's a bleak picture that the Auditor General's report on municipalities has painted. It shows that local government institutions have become weaker over the past five years, diminishing their ability to deliver services and even to spend the money allocated to them in the right way. Out of the country's 278 municipalities, only half can produce credible financial records. In the past five years, clean audits went from 33 municipalities to only 41, and many of them at district municipalities. The Auditor General says it's worrisome that big metros and local municipalities with larger budgets and populations are not well represented in terms of clean audit findings. There is no improvement in the status of transparency, accountability, performance or integrity of local government. Throughout the tenure of the fourth administration of local government, which started following the 2016 elections and left the system following the 2021 elections, we've not seen an improvement. Local government institutions are criticized for spending billions on consultants to compile financial records while also paying salaries to officials hired to keep financial records. Preparing basic financials should not be a problem. Here we are paying on aggregate 10.41 billion rand to these finance units in payroll and yet we don't get credible financial statements. These municipalities at the end of the year then go and hire consultants to help them compile financial statements because they don't do it. This year they've spent 1.26 billion rand on hiring consultants for the purpose of compiling financial statements. The Auditor General has appealed for active citizenry to ensure that the needs of communities are addressed and municipal leaders are held accountable for their actions. Gloria Safagomosi, SABC News, Pretoria. Let me welcome onto the show to help us unpack this report, Khomozo Lezadzi, who is the Chief Officer Municipal Finance at the South African Local Government Association. Khomozo, good morning. Uh, good morning, Katie, and good morning to your listeners. I hope I'm audible. Yes, yes, you are. Dumisani Magagula is the General Secretary of the South African Municipal Workers Union. Dumisani, good morning. Good morning, Katie, and to your listeners. Thank you. And Mielani Holeni is Chief Advisor at Indiso Consulting Group. Mielani, good morning to you as well. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to the other guests and the listeners. Thank you. Look, we have been told by the Auditor General just how bad things are, especially when we're not looking at individual case studies where there has been some improvements here and there in some municipalities. But 
overall, the picture that is created is one of lack of improvement. In fact, she goes as far as saying that it is an indictment on the entire local government accountability ecosystem because there has been a failure to um, uh, to act and also to arrest uh, this decline that she has seen. On a very practical level, Homoto, let me begin with you as somebody who's representing Salga. What does it mean, the fact that the fourth administration left the state of municipalities in a worse state than what it founded? Okay, um, thank you very much, Kate. Uh, Kate um, I, I... Uh, unfortunately, I'm, I'm losing you a little bit there. I don't know if you're able to speak a little louder for me. Oh, okay. Can, can you hear me? Yes. Sorry about that. Okay. I'm just saying as, as much as we, we welcome the AG's report and, and of course, um, consent about the bit of the number of municipalities that are basically not pushing their weight in making sure that they can produce credible financial statements, we should never shy away to continue to celebrate those pockets of excellence and use them as an in- instrument basically for behavioral change. I mean, if you look at what has happened since 2016, yes, there has been an improvement uh, somewhat in terms of the municipalities that have basically entered um, the clean audit uh, category, and the, the, the improvement is actually far much more pronounced year on year in terms of the cause that is basically been making around expecting accountability and consequence management, and municipalities really addressing the audit findings and especially the repeat findings. And as a result, you would see that there's a total of 40 municipalities that actually have entered the clean audit space, and that must be commended. And the AG does accept that it's actually not an easy task to basically enter that particular space. Between the different categories, it's easier to move from a disclaimer to basically a qualified audit. But all the way into the clean audit, I think those municipalities must basically be commended as much as those that are actually not pulling their weight would basically need to basically be called out to make sure that the processes are in place, internal controls are basically in place, leadership basically set the right tone. And in terms of the spheres of government that are actually supporting municipalities, also make sure that the various programs of intervention are actually effective because even in this current audit cycle, what we've seen is that there's 28 municipalities that were under Section 139 interventions, and of the 23, 28 municipalities, only three were unqualified, and about two could not even um, submit their financials to the AG, and, and, and basically the rest really is more adverse audit outcomes. And it is important that we highlight that, that the entire ecosystem of supporting municipalities, of holding those that are basically in this position in municipalities accountable, becomes very important in addressing the picture as we basically see it. Mm. And Kumoto, and, and we'll continue more just in terms of, you know, those that, that have done a little bit better. But I suppose when, when one reads the report of the Auditor General, where there has been regression and little progress, it, it seems to far outweigh where there has been progress and it so, sort of eats away at the gains that have been made elsewhere. Look at there are challenges, but to say sitting at 141 
out of 257 that we're not making progress. Of course, there are challenges. And the progress is not as massive as we would actually like to see. Um, the more municipalities that we have that basically addresses uh, these issues as, as, as highlighted by the AG. I mean, the issues around effectiveness of, of impact, the issues around having the right uh, candidates in the job, incumbents in the job in terms of carrying out the financial management responsibilities in municipality. I think the issues around having effective credit internal controls basically in place are issues that we should basically be focusing on on a much wider scale such that we are able to make sure that municipalities actually turn around this issue around the audit outcomes as we basically as we basically see them. But there is definitely I mean from where we're sitting and having analyzed and looked at the numbers, there is some level of improvement that we should actually not downplay. Um, if you look at um, I mean, certain provinces, maybe like Limpopo, and you look what is happening there, even though the AG is highlighting that, I mean, there was an, some level of use of consultants, but with improvement in terms of audit results. And the reason why I'm actually even isolating Limpopo um, as a province is that the, the entire, all the three tiers of government um, actually were setting the right tone led by the Premier basically in Limpopo in addressing the issues of around the audit outcomes and right. holding those that need to be held accountable. Homoso, we'll, so we'll continue. Does really yeah. make a huge difference Homoso, in we'll continue in a moment. I need to take a quick break. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, we're getting into that report on the state of municipalities by the Auditor General uh, released uh, last week. Joining us, a representative of Salga Khomozo Litsatsi. You've already heard from her. Dumisane Magagula is with the South African Municipal Workers Union and Mielane Holene is Chief Advisor at Ndiso Consulting. Dumisane, let me give you a chance then to represent the position of um, workers in this instance. Your response to that report and, and perhaps some of the things that have stood out in this, in as far as those findings are concerned. Yeah, th- thank you very much, Kathy. Uh, uh, well, as SAMU, um, the South African Municipal Workers Union, uh, we are not surprised at the outcomes uh, of the uh, Auditor General in terms of the uh, audits of the municipalities. Um, and we, our, our view is a, an audit of a municipality is the ultimate test into how effective service delivery will be in that municipality. And what we see is out of the 257 municipalities that we have in South Africa, only 16 to 18% will be able to deliver services efficiently. And this speaks to how sustainable are our municipalities and what is the job security of municipal workers and it also speaks to the failure by municipalities to hearken to the call that we have always been making uh, to say that uh, municipalities should stop privatization municipalities should depoliticize administration of the municipality and we should make sure that there is no overbearance of politics in terms of running the municipalities. And these perpetual uh, EPWPs, perpetual casualization and uh, fixed-term contracts of employees in the municipalities should come to an end 
and municipalities need to employ permanently skilled workers and make sure that uh, we're not outsourcing at every step of the business of service delivery. The one thing that is clearly reflected is that there is still a big challenge where accountability is is concerned. And, and I'm going to explore this issue further with Milani shortly, but I want you to weigh in. As long as you still have municipalities that don't feel the need to even submit their financial statements to the Auditor General in time, um, for auditing as legislated. It speaks to the lack of disregard for even the, the due process that is supposed to be in place. Yeah, I think yes, we, we need to just uh, get into a position where we reverse and understand why why would we have local government and why do we have municipalities and, and what is it that uh, consumers or at least the customers expect of local government so, so I think, uh, given the. All right. It, it looks it, it looks like I've I've lost uh, Milani there. But Dumisani, let me get let me get you to to weigh in on on that fact. I mean, um, if you look at just in that report, the Auditor General speaks about how, um, you know, they they had received. Um, fi- financial statements from uh, five municipalities between March to May 2022. They're still busy with those audits currently. And when you look at which uh, which areas these are, you have Kopanong, you have Malutiapofung, you have uh, Masilunyana in the Free State and Pokwani in, in, in the Northern Cape. And all of these municipalities are still municipalities that 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 are municipalities rather that have been identified over the years as facing enormous challenges hello dumisani all right i'm not sure what's happening there have we lost all our guests Humutu, are you still on the line here, oh, you're still there. Okay, I'm. I'm. I'm not sure what. Uh, what happened to Dumisan and Mielani, but we'll certainly try and and bring them up on 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 better lines. But Humoto, perhaps you you can weigh in on that for me. Uh, th- this issue of lack of uh, lack of accountability and the way it is still being ma- made manifest in some municipalities. So 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 certainly um, the issue around. Um, the systems and having systems and processes can't be downplayed. and But what it actually reflects, um, it's more about the lack of internal audit as a function, uh, where in those kind of municipalities, we then tend to use the external audit, which is the AG in this particular instance, to do the work that would have been undertaken by internal audit in any case. And this calls for what we've been saying as SAGA, that even in of the various support programs provided either by your provincial treasuries and your provincial corporate department as well as your national treasuries and provincial treasuries. Only through a differentiated approach, we're going to start seeing some impact in terms of the investment that's basically been made um, in that particular space, um, where in the departments as well actually spend a lot of money. I mean, over 12 billion plus or so has basically been spent in, in supporting municipalities, but we're not seeing the results. And it's a reflection in terms of that, in terms of how best can we improve the interventions and how best could national and provincial governments, as well as other key players in the space of supporting municipalities, 
in a much coordinated and collaborative manner, wherein we can then start having a positive return on investment in terms of those those particular interventions. And of course, the question that you're raising, and which is what the age is also emphasizing, is that there's a positive correlation between the submission of financial statements, or rather late submission of financials, and in terms of the audit outcomes. So you wouldn't necessarily expect those authorities to basically fall in the clean audit uh, category, but we'd have to wait for the AG uh, to basically finalize that particular process and basically see where those municipalities are basically coming out at. But of course, it's a concern, the issue around submission of financials um, and making sure that those financials are basically credible. And from a further point of view, we would take a much more differentiated approach as opposed to a generic, generic approach that we would have taken in building capacity in municipalities and adopt quite a few municipalities where we can basically assist in various areas to make sure that these issues are addressed and especially around the repeat findings. But we can never downplay the importance of oversight. Um, committees basically playing their role, audit committees, internal audit, making sure that the internal controls are in place, the processes and systems, and the right people in those in those in those particular positions. And then where there's vacancies and especially in financial management related functions as well, those positions have to basically be filled so that there's some level of stability and improved governance um, in those municipalities. All right. We're going to continue our conversation in a moment. It's eleven thirty Mposetole is back with your headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue our conversation looking into some of the findings of the Auditor General report. Uh, we've got Humuto Litsazi, who is with Salga Dumisane Magagula. He's with uh, Samu. Oh, oh no, I've, I'm just hearing one of those lines go off. Uh, Dumisane, are you on the line? Can you hear me? All right, it looks like we've lost Dumisani there. I'm not sure what's happening with those lines. Apologies. Uh, Mielani, are you on the line now? Yes, I'm back on the okay, line. Thank fantastic. you. Fantastic. Fantastic. Apologies for that. So we'll just try and get Dumisani back up on the line. Uh, Mielani, you know, th- this issue of internal audits, it seems to be a moving target because, yes, it's spoken about in almost every year that we have. Um, these audit reports into municipalities uh, that are conducted. But there seems to always be very little progress in terms of, number one, um, putting in structures, bringing in what needs to change in order to strengthen the internal audit of municipalities. So we don't end up with a case where there's this over 60% reliance on consultants and external auditors to come in and sometimes, uh, you know, try and put together financial statements without track records or or documents that they would have needed uh, from within the financial year. Crucial. Uh, It tends to be downplayed uh, because internal audit uh, within municipalities tend to be doing all other things which are more investigative in nature, whereas their first and foremost role should be to strengthen even the finance department. So internal audit is supposed to be that independent body, just like you would have the external auditor in the form of the AG and others who are playing an independent role. But the 
the, the internal audit has independence, but also it's a role player within the municipality. So, so the issue of controls and when the audit letter is uh, issued by the AG, that is where the internal audit basically should also have plotted the way forward as to how do we then get ourselves out of these difficult situations and be able to hold colleagues accountable. The difficulty then is how do you hold colleagues accountable? We need the support as well of the accounting officer because the accounting officer is the one who has the delegated powers to be able to put in place uh, the the various controls and the various uh, management systems within a municipality. So the issue of accountability uh, through internal audit is one that uh, goes deeper with, uh, within the municipality. And uh, my, our belief is that uh, the, 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 the internal audit function should, should be elevated or at least should be put in a position where it is able to do its job without any kind of interference mm. with the understanding that they are performing that duty on behalf of the accounting officer. Otherwise, then the system or the ecosystem of accountability within the municipality uh, tends to be weakened. Talk to us about that interference that takes place and, and how it takes place in municipalities. Look, look, I think... Yeah, look, I think interference is, is an aspect which uh, we, we need to also be uh, uh, careful as to what we mean by interference. But interference in this case is if anyone who is not supposed to be within the space of administration or administering the municipalities and, for instance, would uh, find themselves having to bark or issue instructions uh, into uh, the sphere where there's administration. In other words, there should almost be Chinese walls, but with cooperation in, within the municipality so that uh, there is no interference of anyone conducting their duty. If someone is carrying out their duty, whether it's from a, a financial management point of view or it's from a supply chain management point of view, or even meeting, reading a meter, uh, 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 the meter reader should never be interfered with or stopped from reading meters. Mm. So interference within the local government space should be understood, understood much more widely uh, as opposed to the current narrow view that we have of interference. Often, you know, one of the challenges that is presented even to, to consultants and that results in, uh, you know, these consultants not really being effective in the work that that they're doing to help municipalities prepare financial statements is the issue of records, that there's an inadequate or even a lack of records and documentation. Dumisani, let me bring you in here because this is something that workers uh, would be a lot more in touch with. And uh, because if you don't have a record of where money has gone, it means that that can always be questioned, um, especially if in the end there's nothing to show uh, in terms of a serv- of a particular service being provided. Yeah. No, th- th- thanks, Kathy, and uh, so- sorry for having cut earlier. Um, look, Kathy, we, we may uh, want to analyze uh, these audit outcomes in order to try and make sense of them. But in reality, as municipal workers, we see these things developing on a daily basis. What we are looking at now is a result of audit. But the reality of failure in municipalities is in the day-to-day running of municipalities. Yes, there are municipal workers who are in place in municipalities 
who are in finance, but how much of authority do they have on a daily basis? How much of um, how much of a hearing are they given when they point out that certain procedures are not in terms of the Municipal Finance Management Act on a daily basis? You will never have documents to file if you did not follow the correct procedures. So it may look like there is negligence on the side of these officials who are running these services on a daily basis, but it's not really that they are negligent. It's just that they are not allowed to follow procedures because there is overbearance of politics on the day-to-day -day running of municipalities. What Mr. Holen is saying is correct, that if there is an interruption or interference, there will never be procedures that are followed because everyone is now being, someone is breathing down their neck. They have the political authority or in terms of decisions that should be taken and everyone would want to secure their jobs to a certain level. And this is where we are saying that municipalities need to be professionalized at the level of procurement. We need to have professionalization of municipality at the level of recruitment. These consultants that we are referring to do not only come in when financial statements are prepared. You will find them in the municipalities on day-to-day -day basis to where they are the vanguards and protecting decisions and wrong decisions of politicians. And this is because of how they've been brought into the municipalities. Uh, you know, when, I'm, when I was looking at that report, one of the things that uh, really caught caught my eye, and Humoto, I'll bring you in to speak on this, was the, the issue around financial health of municipalities. Often we discuss um, why it is that so many municipalities will pass unfunded budgets. And uh, the Auditor General says that the financial position of 28% of South Africa's municipalities is so dire that there's significant doubt whether they'll be able to continue operating as a going concern in the near future. And Homoto, you know, there's no question about the fact that you have a significant number of municipalities in this country that, um, you know, that don't have enough revenue uh, to effectively cover their expenses, and they actually owe more money than um, th than what they have. Hello, Homoto. All right. Uh, it, it looks like Homoto is gone now. I'm, I'm really yeah. not, not so, sure what's happening with those lines. But, but so, Melanie, so, 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 so maybe I can chip in, in and, yeah. and, and just uh, say, I think it's, it's, a, it's an area which uh, is of, uh, problematic because revenue within municipalities is absolutely crucial. And it's, uh, we, we call it the fuel that drives the service delivery machinery. So in our view, those municipalities that are perhaps not in a position to have sufficient money on a day-to-day -day basis to be able to, to run their, their, their affairs or to be able to meet their obligations, we must actually understand why is it that those municipalities are in such a position. And one of the ways that uh, we've been able to analyze is to understand that uh, revenue is a value chain. 
And if you're driving a value chain of a municipality, are all the elements within the value chain being observed? Uh, is the valuation role correct? Is the values of the properties correct? Are the meters being read? Is billing accurate? Is the credit control, which is one of the most important aspects, being implemented uh, on a daily basis uh, and not waiting to get debt collectors to come and collect money when uh, expenditure happened, happens on a daily basis? Just on that issue, Mielani, um municipalities wrote off 41.28 billion rand in debt um, because this was simply money that was not paid to them in the 2020 and 2021 financial years um, alone. And, of course, a lot of them then also um, are currently depending on the money that they receive from the national government in terms of staying afloat. And how we make this conversation real is when we look at what is happening in some municipalities with ESCOM and the issue of power supply, or even water, where you know water boards in some instances are, are having to review the, the supply of water to certain areas because those bills have also not been, uh, not been met. So, so the issue of uh, obviously writing off or non-payment within municipalities must be seen twofold. One, we, in a broader sense, we know that uh, residents and citizens, in this case, let me refer to all of us as citizens, we obviously can vote through the ballot box. That's one way. But in some cases where things are not uh, working out well within a municipality, we can also vote with our money. And what do I mean by that? Is If my account is not correct uh, and, it, and my queries are not being resolved, and my waste is not being picked up, uh, and various other things that I have run-ins with municipalities that don't get resolved. You may find situations where certain consumers, which uh, we're not saying it's uh, correct, but there's withholding of payments into the municipality to the point where that money doesn't find itself into the system within municipalities. On the other side, uh, you will also find that uh, there are indigents uh, where the indigent registers are not being uh, captured properly, they are not being uh, measured on a monthly basis, and when the payment or consumption has taken place and the accounts are sent, uh, you find that uh, people come forward and say, actually, we are indigent, but we're not in the indigent register. So those amounts would have to be written off. So, so, so the, 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 at least the flow of money within municipalities is one aspect which municipalities need to be vigilant around how they deal with their processes of uh, uh, billing customers or at least delivering services and, and, and being able to get to a point where uh, something that we use from a diesel consulting point of view is something called the payment quadrant. We, we can track who are the infrequent payers. We should be able to track who the non-payers are. We should be able to track who the grudge payers are because they are short paying and we should be able to track who the star payers are. And that is one way that uh, a municipality can be able to drive, for instance, the understanding of how does revenue flow, uh, flow and who is paying, who is not paying, and what could the reasons be so that they can take proactive steps. That would reduce, the obviously, the writing off. Uh, if you see a lot of non-payers and consistently so, you may be able to then suspect that these are people that should be forming part of an indigent uh, database within mm. the municipality. So those are the aspects which, for instance, how to prevent write-offs going forward.
uh, is to deliver services and to deliver them uh, when the consumers or the customers want them, as well as to make sure that you met all of the customers within the municipalities according to uh, their profiles and you are able to account for each one of them. Dumisani, this issue of, of services and service delivery, um, in the report, the, the Auditor General talks about how municipalities are failing to plan for and even report on their performance. And and she points to this as, as being a key indicator of why uh, service delivery in some municipalities is so poor. Yes. Uh, yeah, Kathy. We, we are talking uh, the use of consultants by municipalities. Planning for service delivery is what is done through the process of ITP. And in the process of ITPs, municipalities get consultants to write up ITPs, and there is, there is only a fictitious uh, consultation of communities where councillors call in people and they buy crowds to make sure that ITPs get running. But it's not an ITP that actually speaks to the needs of communities. That's where we have a problem. Second, we talk value chain in terms of billing and also value chain in terms of making sure that uh, services get to communities. The billing in municipalities and, and uh, related to meter reading, municipalities are not billing communities correctly. We have many instances where we have called out on municipalities who are not even billing communities. You will find all, more especially older people who go to municipalities and say, I have not received a bill for three months please allow me to pay. I don't want to have debt. And they end up paying without a bill, but most people will not pay if there's no billing. But also municipalities are not collecting revenue from government departments. Public Works has buildings and they have facilities in all the towns, but they are owing municipalities billions of friends and these are not and this is something that we put the blame mm. on treasury itself because this is government owing municipalities mm. when talking uh, the equitable share grant which is a, one of the revenue streams in the municipalities and this speaks to the indigent indigent uh, lists are are being compiled by consultants Meanwhile, municipalities have municipal workers that can do that work. Consultants do this thing desktop. They do not even go down to communities. They are not doing, they are not doing justice to the process. But besides that, after there is a list of the indigent, the calculation of the equitable share that goes to municipalities also leaves much to be desired because it depends on the numbers in rural areas, that becomes a challenge. It's a vast area, fewer population, service delivery is very expensive, right. but the mm. grant that goes to that municipality is also limited. It's just not enough to cover everybody that's that's in need. Yeah. Uh, let me go to the phone lines. I want to take Chris in Peter Maritzburg. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. 
one of the things is we can split our hair on all these things, but until we call the state a state, municipalities don't have challenges, they are in a crisis. Mm. So we can respond as urgently as possible. And I like how the Ethical General used the term ecosystem. Because she's simply saying, as a system, all its components are not working, at the core of which are residents. As residents, we have, uh, we have, we have, we have given up our power to make our countries to account. Salka can't be making excuses from municipalities and telling them they have challenges. What have they done to resolve those challenges? But let us also remember that municipalities have been converted. They are now a conveyor belt of patronage, the political patronage in the country. That's why these problems are going to exist. There has to be a big shift, and we need to be honest about what are the real challenges that we face. If we call them, if, what are the real crises that are there? Mm. Because if we sugarcoat them and use very big English challenges and so on, we're not going to treat them to the real problem. And, 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 and the issue of, of patronage, Chris, at least in our experience on the show, is, is a big one when it comes to who is put in what position and why. Exactly. And we might, you know, that, that's exactly. You will find that the reason why the so-called consultants are employed to do work where there are people, it's actually theft. And that is part of patronage. If you were to investigate, we'll find that somebody, either in the officials or in the politicians, was really getting paid for that man. Not, right. not skilled consultant. Mm. All right, Chris. Yeah. Thanks for Katie, calling in. I, I just, think I'm Melanie, just, Melanie yeah. just hold that view for me. Okay. I've got a break coming up. Thank I'll you. give you a chance okay. after this. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue our focus on the Auditor General's Municipal Report. Uh, Mielani, I interrupted you before we went to break. It's not a problem. Yeah, I, I think for me is that we must also look at, you know, widely into this ecosystem that uh, the AG referred to. Mm-hmm. And, and I can also put forward a point that uh, this ecosystem requires a number of different role players. And, and I know Mr. Magakula, as well as the, the previous caller, uh, Chris, are talking about, you know, consultants. Let me address the issue of why consultants or what consultants should be doing for local government and what they should not be doing uh, for local government. So, firstly, in most municipalities where there is lack of capacity, there is uh, you may find consultants who are having to do the daily job that municipal officials are supposed to be doing. That, for us, we believe it's not the rightful way to use consultants. Consultants should be used to add value to the system. They should be used to bring in best practices. They should be used to bring in uh, or to come and implement new projects. You have projects such as MScore that, you know, come in. You have projects such as the revenue management and enhancement. You have projects that uh, have to be done from a capital uh, investment point of view. It, it is nearly impossible for all of those services to be delivered uh, uh, in the municipality with, uh, internally. There are specific programs that must be uh, at least sourced out because it may work out more cost-effective and provides value for money. So I think for us, is yes, there are consultants, but there are also consultants that have the, uh, the, the, the best interest of municipalities at heart. And, and I say that as a consultant who is working with different <laughs> municipalities, mm. who, who does not create dependency, but creates an enablement for those institutions to be able to function. Right. And, and, and we are quite happy in, in, in some of the places that, you know, we work into, you know, to also invite 
uh, the, the, the public to say, this is how you use consultants. This is how you also misuse consultants. If you bring consultants when it's at the last moment and they must come and scramble and look for records to compile annual financial statements, then that is a, a, a wrongful way to use consultants and thereby at least creating you know, a, 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 a wrong impression of what consultants can do within the local government or municipalities or government broadly or All even right. in the private sector. All right. Thank, thanks for that, Mielani. Let me go to Limpopo. Billy Masha, good morning. Morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Billy. Root of your problem is governance. Mm. It's the party which is leading us. Because we have allowed this thing to go for so long. It is now a norm that every time when the auditor releases the report, he's got disclaimers all around and nothing, nothing is done. Nothing happens to those who have stolen our money. They are being protected. They are being promoted, and nothing will happen to them. Now, although, 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 Billy, in, in fairness, you have some um, uh, municipalities where there were coalition governments that were formed. I mean, we can think of the likes of uh, Nelson Mandela Bay as, as a metro. But unfortunately, uh, you know, a, an area like that also re- registering regression despite, uh, you know, that, that change in governance. Yeah, but I'm saying the former Auditor General mm. has amended the act that when there's a problem, the auditor must be able to lay charges against those who are involved. And we don't see that happening. Mm. Why? We can't sit here at our and just see from year to year that there are no clean audits. Municipalities must provide basic services to our people. The whole of the Mpopo, we don't have a, a single square meter where there's a sufficient supply of water. Not even a single square, even in my house, everywhere here. There, there's no water here, but that is the role of municipalities not supplying water. The municipality must supply basics, refuge removers. We are doing by ourselves. We collect everything to the landfill site by ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's no municipality which is doing that. The municipality must provide roads, access roads. The premier of this province has committed himself to clean governance. We don't see anything happening. Go to his own department. Go to all municipalities in Mpopo. We don't find a clean audit. Here at Setakhov, we used to obtain clean audits. They have amalgamated us with two us now. We have become worse. Okay. Definitely. All right. Uh, Billy, I, I take that view, you know, and, and the thing about Limpopo is that uh, it's it's one of the provinces that has actually registered progress. At least some municipalities there um, have have registered progress as, as highlighted in the report. But I, I can accept that, you know, a, a difference on what is in the audit and financial statements does not necessarily always translate into better service delivery. And I think that's probably a conversation for another day. Mike in Middleburg, Good morning. Morning, Katie. Thanks. Uh, Katie, I think time has come, really, uh, that uh, things must be done differently to attain uh, different results. Mm. Am I still there? Yes, you're still there, Mark. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, you see, Salga um, might have done its uh, utmost in terms of capacitation and requisite skills for those uh, who must be in charge of administration. 
But um, the problem lies with political parties, with authority of deployment. You know, you couple that with instructions and directives they give to their deployees. They are given a particular mandate, and unfortunately, the role of Salga does not extend to that space. Uh, so uh, what matters most here really is uh, the parties that have authority to deploy. And I was inspired by suggestion by Professor Tulima Donsela, the former public protector, who says that uh, there must be interviews, you know, for those uh, political deployees to compel parties, you know, to shy away from mediocrity. Uh, like in 2011, here in Bumalanga, when we were appointed as mayors, I remember we wrote an exam, uh, but that exam, of course, it was an ANC exam. I think if it can be extended, if Salga can take over, maybe political parties can conduct exams, but Salga must also come to that space, and that must be publicized so that the whole country can see mm. who are we appointing, you know, All are right. they in mm. terms of requisite skills and uh, and capacity. Mm. Th- thanks for that contribution, Mike. We're completely out of time for this conversation, but Humoto, I want to give you just a quick response to Mike's call. Okay. I, I think, thank you very much, and, and, and it's really heartwarming because Mike clearly understands the ecosystems and the, the, the roles for different role players. He, he's a former mayor of, of, of Middleburg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he understands very well that Falga does not have the executive authority, but we do our level best with the limited capacity that we basically have. And just on the training, I think it's actually very much spot on. Spot on. We've got a good training program going for incoming counselors. And there has been an overwhelming uh, request for continuous training to the extent to which we can get to assessment as opposed to just attendance. And it will definitely go a long way in terms of assessing competencies in various areas. And and, and I think in this instance, I'm thinking about the key role that's basically played by counsellors that basically serve on MPEG, which is actually a, um, a very important committee to basically oversee governance-related issues and the issues that we are discussing around um, the AG results and basically just strengthening that entire ecosystem. And, of course, in collaboration with uh, other stakeholders like your National Treasury and COCTA in making sure uh, that we do make impact in terms of various interventions and basically looking at the intervention bill as well that's currently in Parliament from that perspective. Those that support should actually be held accountable as well in terms of their intervention. Thank you. We're going to have to leave it there for this morning. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of our time on the Talking Point. Homozo Dumisani and Mielani, let me thank you all for being part of this conversation. Udo Karelsa is standing by with the update at noon. Udo, good afternoon.